Welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I'm thrilled to have you join me as we delve into conversations around optimizing our health, pushing past our fears, pursuing our dreams, and inspiring each other to live a life by design, not by chance. I believe magic happens over coffee and sharing experiences. I've made plans to change careers, move to a new country, organized exciting adventures, and even formed some of my most incredible relationships over coffee. So grab your favorite cuppa, sit back, and enjoy our beautiful chats along with our special guests. You never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, friends. Wow, do I have an action-packed, amazing episode for you today. I have wanted to have Lucas Rubix on here since day one, and I truly believe in the timing of everything to be so perfect, and this truly was perfect. Lucas is just an incredible human, and what really drives him is helping others. He coaches coaches how to build online businesses. He really is all about elevating people and watching people succeed. He's got two podcasts. He's got the Coaches Corner podcast, which is a top podcast. It's incredible. It's listed as a top podcast already. He's got another one that's more of a passion project, the Infinite Podcast. And you will notice that it is all about value. He really that's what he's about. Recently, he's had Grant Cardone on his podcast, which is huge, but he's not really about the huge names. He's really about getting people on that are going to help his listeners to really elevate their life. And it's my pleasure to be able to have him on here. And during this time, I know until now we've been mostly focusing on health, but with the times that we're in, it's really time to pivot and focus on what do we want next. And if you've wanted to be building that online business, Lucas is your guy. He, I've been in his courses. I've watched him build a couple of businesses now quickly from zero to like incredibly successful in what I think is really quick. I think just because of his personality, he thinks it's slow. It's it's not, but what really drives him is watching others succeed as well. Whatever program you end up doing with Lucas, or if you just go onto his website to have his free content, you will notice right away that he is all about value, value, value. You always get more than what you expect from Lucas, and I love with love that about him. He's really your biggest, your biggest cheerleader, your big biggest coach. He gives you everything in one place. He's very clear in his teaching and he gives you all the steps. He does not hold back. So I absolutely love that about Lucas. I will have in the show notes, his website, his podcasts, everything that you need so that you can get in touch with him. He also runs a free Facebook group that has thousands of people in it. And you'll notice in there the amount of value that he gives. It's just simply awesome. So it's my pleasure, you guys, to bring you Lucas Rubik. Sit back, maybe get some pen and paper for this one. You may want to take some notes or come back and listen again. Um, This one is golden. Hey, Lucas, welcome to the podcast. What's up? (laughs) I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being on. This is cool. It's like being on with a friend. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, how long have we been? I think we live like across the pond. And ever since I moved into this place, I think it's like every four weeks, just like, Hey, you know, like coffee and like, yep, yep. And then it never happens because, well, it's probably my fault. Well, I think it's a bit of both. We're both busy. And for those listening across the pond, doesn't mean across to England. (laughs) We're really, we literally have like, it's false Creek. You can swim. You can swim. 
Yeah. I could walk, probably walk over to you in about 10 minutes. It's pretty crazy. Probably. Probably. Yeah, it's awesome. So I'm so grateful you're on here because one, it's just been amazing to watch your journey. I, when I met you, you were a personal trainer on Vancouver Island, just starting that business at that point. And yeah, I was restarting it because I, I was doing a little bit before that. And then I went on that six month motorcycle trip. Yes. And that's how Panama. I met you. I messaged you and you oh, were on, right. I cold messaged you. That's right. <laughs> back in the that's day. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and um, and then you were like, "Oh, let's meet up when I get back from this motorcycle trip in Belize." And I was yep, like, "That's right, guys, cool. This is amazing." That's right. <laughs> so we actually that's did. Right. We both follow through, don't we? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So tell me a little bit, Lucas. I mean, it's been amazing to watch you build a couple of successful businesses at this point, and. And fast. You've built them really fast. Um, tell me though, man, what was, was life like before? I was talking to someone today. I'm just like, man, this is not fast enough. Like, why is this taking so <laughs> long? Because the vision, the goal is so massive. You don't even know. I won't even say it because it's like people just won't believe it. But I'm like, why aren't we not there yet? What do we need to do to get there faster? And sometimes I just need to remember. So thank you for that. Sometimes I forget. Um, yeah. You know, a year to me is a very long time. Um, yes. But that's, I I guess, that drive, that drive, yeah. I know that about you. And I do believe it, whatever, if you did say it, I do believe whatever you say, because I've just seen you say things and then I see them come through and they're, and it's incredible to watch. What was life like though? Like, what was life like before, like before this online world, before this kind of entrepreneurship? Because I know you haven't always been an entrepreneurship. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. I worked on the oil rigs. Uh, well, after high school, I never went to school. So I, you know, constr- I did a little uh, framing, roofing. I worked at a trailer park. We actually grew up in a trailer park. So I drove uh, the snowplow truck for like the owners uh, until I beat up the truck and I, w- I lost my truck privileges. Me and vehicles don't get along well. If you, if you rent me your vehicle, it'll come back with no tires. I just can't help myself. Um, like I'll jump your car. I'll jump your car. I can't help it. And, uh, and so kind of did those kind of jobs. And then I was working at Lordco selling, um, Automotive parts, oh, cool. and yeah, you know, selling performance parts. I love cars and motorcycles, as as I know you know. And so I, I literally just got like a twelve hundred dollar ticket last week. So choked about it. It's not oh, my stop. fault. Tickets <laughs> are never my fault. It's never my fault. I like I'm a, I'm a victim to it. Kidding, but um, and so I, I was uh, selling parts at Lordco, and I had this. I bought a Dodge. It was like a D100 1984 Dodge. It was like a $1,000 truck that I bought. Loved it. Like it had the, the exhaust rusted off. It was just loud and it had a big, you know, V8 in it. And I was just like souping up the engine, but this thing looked like a rust bucket. Anyways, I'm working at Lord Co. And oh man, I wish I could remember his name. He was a blonde dude. Drove up in a Corvette for his first day of work. And he, we had like, there was like 15 telephones at the counter and they'd ring all day. You'd, you'd answer them and it was either a shop and you'd deliver parts to them. Like you'd look up the parts and you'd send a delivery driver to the place right. or be a customer where you'd put the parts aside. And oh my gosh, you know, this guy's jacked, bit of a alpha male, yellow Corvette and <laughs> comes in and starts working, picking up the phone, whatever, whatever he went through his training, whatever. And I do Rosa. This is, this is like fate, but he picks up the, I'm, I'm, I don't know, 21 or something. So this guy's like 30, 32, 34, ripped dude, Corvette. So to me, I'm just kind of like, who is this guy, right? Like, what was up? I kind of like, like, how can I befriend this dude and learn a little something from him? He had like game. He was just cool. And to a 21-year-old, I was like, 
this guy's awesome. And he <laughs> picks up the phone and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going back to work. Um, I'm done with it. And I kind of overheard it. And he was just like, yeah, like, fuck it, whatever. And hangs up the phone. And I was like, oh, like, is that, I was wondering what he did to drive a Corvette. Cause to me, 21 year old, I wanted a Corvette too. Right. And a the guy, yeah, well, not a yellow, but you know, <laughs> that's a little bit, a little bit too far. Um, and he's like, oh, that was the oil rigs. Uh, they want me to go back. He was a motor hand or a derrick hand or something. Don't know anything about oil rigs. But I just asked him basically, oh, like it, with Corvette, like was it a good paying job? He's like, yeah, you started 100K a year or so. To me, that was like, I'm making like two grand a month or something. That's I'm just right. like, can I get a job there? And he's like, probably, like anyone can. I said, can you call that guy back and tell him that I'll take your place? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what this confidence overcame me. No joke. He calls him back. The guy's name is Guy. I think it was like Guy guster or something anyway calls the guy back and i get handed the phone and this like raggedy ass voice is just like can i swear on this podcast i'm sorry yeah you can um, you can do whatever but this, you want this raggedy dude is like hey um can you be in calgary uh tomorrow for you know an orientation and come out here and i was just like yes i had a girlfriend at the time never really left kamloops and i had this old beat up dodge <laughs> when, i swear to rosa this is this is truth i, I, I go to it. the boss her name was kelly and I, they didn't want me there anyways, because I'm not, I'm ashamed, I'm not ashamed of this, but this is not my brightest, best moment. But I was stealing parts as well, because I was selling them on the side to friends. So I was making some cash, right? And I think oh they gosh. knew that. I know. I'm like, I'm stealing parts. Um, I had a buddy, Taylor, who worked at Canadian Tires. So Taylor would, this is painting in such a bad light. I would never do this. But as a 21-year-old, you, you had to hustle. And I was like, ah, it's a big company, whatever. What's a 500 bucks to them, right? That was my right. mentality. Um, and so he would, he would actually, uh, take steel parts from Canadian tire and he would bring them to Lord Co and I would return them. And then we split the profits. Oh my God. Whatever. So we were like hustling. We were making a few extra bucks and I think they knew that, but they just couldn't prove it. So she's like, yeah, no problem. Go and jumped in my truck, drove up to McDonald's. Cause my girlfriend worked at McDonald's and I was like, listen, I got to leave. I don't know for how long, but I have to do this. I'm, I was hungry to make money. Um, I never really understood like money. I've never seen money up until that point. So basically that's kind of how that started. And I, I drove out to Calgary, got an orientation, didn't know what I was doing. And I drove out to the oil rig and these two dudes in hard hats. I don't know what an oil rig is. I thought they were ships. Like I did not know that <laughs> you oil. And I, I, I really, I just, I make it a point of just the culture that this was on. I don't condone this and I don't whatever, but I got mm -hmm. out of the truck and I, I mean, you can, you can bleep this out if it offends people, but it's just the truth is I got out and they were like, get to work, faggot. And that is the first thing I heard. I did wow. not grow up with language like that or calling people that or whatever. And that was basically right. the culture on the oil rigs is just this, like, you're scum, you're like, you know, that's gay, be a man, grow some balls. And right. I didn't realize it at the time, but like five, six years of the oil rigs, I would catch myself because I moved up the ranks to like assistant driller and Derek Hand there'd be new blood. And I sometimes yeah. caught myself talking like that. And right. I didn't know any, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not making myself a victim. I had a choice, but I mean, that's the culture. That's, that's who was around me. Yeah. And at the end of that, but I'd come home and I was different when I came home. So it was like, I was had like this weird split personality. It was like this hard dude when I had to be. And then generally I'm like a pretty loving giving, like I, I would never want to hurt anybody with my words, but that's just the culture that was up there. Right. Yeah. And then when I 
came, I remember sitting in a circle and everyone's like cheating on their wives, like getting hookers on the weekends and then seeing the kids next weekend and the drugs. And I just, I didn't partake in any of that. I was saving up my money. I saved a hundred grand. Um, and I know I wanted to exit this oil rigs. I just didn't know what to do. Right. And I remember the final straw was I was sitting in a, or standing in a circle. We were all smoking back then. And everyone's like talking about their home lives, how much they hate their wife, how much they hate their life. And these guys are like 40 or 50 and I was 24 at the time or 25. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm holding a cigarette and all these people, I just looked at them and I'm like, not that they're bad humans, but I'm like, I don't want to end up like that. Mm. And I have, I'm 25. I have nothing to lose. I'm quitting. I'm done. And there was a few more factors in play, but anyways, basically like quit um, and got really, really into fitness. I was like, I'm done smoking. Um, on the oil rigs, you've got a lot of oil literally in your blood because you're breathing in fumes all day long. Wow. And you're drilling, yeah. you're drilling with basically diesel fuel at the end of the day. And when you're wow. a derricand, you're in charge of the fluids. So you're mixing chemicals all day long. You're supposed to wear all the PPE and masks, but like who wears that? So you're breathing in this, this carcinogenic, like this, these horrible chemicals. And so I just really got into fitness and I, I just dove all in, got certified. People were asking me to help them. And I just kind of started the coaching journey there. Um, and I sort of tried to mix that really hard love that I received on the rigs because I saw a lot mm. of people in the real world were, were missing a little bit of that. They were just too soft. And so because I got to experience both worlds, I think I I was able to tap into if there was someone who was a little bit in a more vulnerable place, I could tap into my loving, like mm. sensitive self. But if people needed tough love, which most I believe do, I wasn't afraid to to push them or even trigger them on purpose to kind of get them into action. Um, and so that was kind of where I started experimenting with that. And the rest is sort of, I mean, just oh. growing things month after month. So cool. I actually never knew the details of that story. So I love hearing it. And um, it's interesting because I'm sure even though, you know, maybe not everyone can relate to working on an oil rig, but when you paint that picture of being in that circle and listening to the way people are talking, I think a lot of us can relate to that and being in a situation where maybe you're acting the way that isn't in alignment with you, but you're going along with it. I know I've done that sitting in circles and, you know, back in the day working nine to five and in that kind of gossip circle and saying things totally. and going, did I actually say that? Or do, why am I agreeing with this when I don't actually agree with it? So I think that's something. That the environment, like I just have a very, very huge, I mean, if you can't get close to these mentors of yours, uh, read the books, watch their videos. I just got around. I just didn't let anything. And I still do this into my life. That's negative. And sometimes if you're in a circle and the negative conversation starts, yeah. Um, like if I'm at a party or if I'm somewhere, I literally just like, I just leave. Like I'm not ashamed. Mm -hmm. I'll just go outside and, and go sit. Like I just, I don't accept that into my circle. I'm not saying I'm negative. You can ask my girlfriend. I'm, I sometimes I bitch about stuff, but um, bare minimum and try to be really self-aware of it and just remove yourself from any situation you don't owe anything to anyone um and it's your life we're talking about like it, it literally it's your life we're talking about and i i don't feel like dying yeah <laughs> that i didn't you know do the best that's, i could so that's a powerful tip i mean i've interviewed really great people on this podcast and a, a couple of times that's come up where they say they're in a conversation or they're somewhere where like it is just feeling a bit negative and not them and they literally get up and walk away and I think that's something it's such a simple thing to to do and to say but I think a lot of people don't realize that they have that power to actually yeah. 
like the simplest scenario of being at a party or a gathering and being able to get up, just go to the washroom or go outside and just change that situation. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of people don't even know that as an option. Like it's, but it's simple. I mean, sometimes there's social, uh, you know, social kind of things that sometimes you've got to pick and choose. Like if I'm with, uh, you know, someone who's important to me, family, or if I'm right. in a situation, it's like getting up and leaving would be just like totally disrespectful, but right. I'll just go inner and I just start thinking about my plan, my vision. And I literally just drown out, don't engage until the nice. conversation. And I just come back into it. So I just consciously, and, and it's not even about them. It's, it's the conversation every morning. If I wake up and I notice I have a conversation in my head, that's not conducive to the goal, the outcome. Um, I, I do whatever I have to do to it's basically just like someone else talking you, you, you're, yeah. you're not your thoughts and so it's like there's somebody else chatting and so disengage from that conversation with yourself and start a new conversation has been probably the biggest thing that keeps moving the needle forward for me mm. um, and yeah Powerful. I mean it's a yeah. game. I think it's 80 percent 80 percent Tony always says it but it's 80 percent psychology and 20 percent totally. strategy yeah, I love that you admit that because I think a lot of people, when they look at people that have been or are very successful, they kind of assume that they don't have negative thoughts or they don't have fear. Or they don't have those kind of things, but you do. You just are better at it. Never stops. Like we had, we had, we had one week last week where I think we did almost eighteen or twenty thousand dollars in one day, and you uh-huh. think that you'd be really excited about it, but then it's like, oh my god, can we do this again? Was it right. luck? What if we lose it? Can we fulfill this now? Um, what if we can't serve the the influx of like so many things start going on in your head and it never ever stops. So I right. think it's, it's just, it's the human condition. And I think if you make a million dollars in a day, everyone's congratulating you, but you're saying, did I luck out? Am I going to get sued? Did I like what happened? Am I going to lose it? Like it's just, it yeah. never stops. So you've got to take control of that or you'll stay in that pattern forever. And there's a lot of very, uh, you know, wealthy people for talking about money who are in my eyes broke because they're afraid of losing it. They're miserable. And I have no interest in, I want to, you know, it's the the game's not just money. I think it's a very helpful thing to have, but it's not just money. So watch these conversations for sure. And you're responsible for it. No one else is like even the people around you in your circle who are talking, it's not their fault. It's you got to take responsibility for it and do what you got to do. Yeah. I love that. I am. And that's one thing about you. I know you're not materialistic and I know that you are someone that really, you take everything on board. Like you see, see it as your responsibility, whether it was good or bad. And except for when it comes to cars, that's where I know. No, that's the one area of my life. And, and you act like fault. you're the victim in getting these that's tickets. Right. That's right. It's not my fault. The ticket's not my fault. I'm just, I'm just cruising. <laughs> and my, I hit a bump and my wrist did a thing and my front wheel came up in the air and then and they seem to not understand that. So right? whatever. Yeah, I, I feel for you. <laughs> so all of this no, conversation applies to the first cards. <laughs> these cops become like friends. I get in the deepest conversation. I get a lot of tickets. And <laughs> I just like try to let, like they understand. I'm just like, man, the horsepower, the wind. And they're just like, I get it. But <laughs> I've got to do my job. And I'm like, all right, all right. I get it. I get it. It's oh, kind of cops God. and robbers. And, and if it wasn't for me, they wouldn't have a job or at least this, you would be losing out revenue. So it's Oh, see, I love it. Full circle. You're, you're so... That's so right. generous with the way you're giving back in that money. way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's <laughs> so Lucas, where did this like, where did the online stuff start? 
because like I said, I, I know yeah. you were building that personal training on the island and then you were like, forget the island. I'm moving to Vancouver, which yeah. made me happy because I was That's in right. Vancouver and I knew we could hang out more. That's and right. so at what point were you like, yeah. you know what? I need to yeah. take this online. Like wh- why? Why online? Because that wasn't really yeah. in your world. Yeah, I started online while I was in Panama. So we had a little place. We lived in Panama for like two months. Um, had like a little place. There was a nice little place. And I kind of was like, I'm bored and I, and I want to make some money. And so I started, I reached out to all my, because I had a few clients before we left on the motorcycle trip. So all I did was I reached out to them saying, hey, I want to start this online thing. I think I started at like 50 bucks a month. I'm just like, just I just pay me something so I can test this. Right. And uh, I think five or six clients came online. That was like my first little dose of like, okay, this is cool. I started learning how to train online and write programs and all that stuff. Um, when I flew into Nanaimo, a buddy let me live on his, uh, not couch, he had a spare bedroom with just a mattress on the, on the ground. His name's Shane. We still chat. Um, but yeah. I remember him like, I was so psychotic. I had, I wanted to make 10K a month. That was my goal. <clears throat> I've never seen 10k a month uh, on the oil rigs. You, you'd sometimes get close to it unless you had like a Christmas bonus. So I was like, 10k a month, I'll be set. Right. And I only had five or six clients in Nanaimo at first, and I, I laid out all their applications. I had applications. No, I had uh, intake forms, and I was like, okay, hey, to make 10 grand, I'd have to have 30 clients. And so I had 30 intake forms on the floor, cool. as they were already clients. But I, you know, every time I got a client, I'd fill one out, and then I was just watching all 30 fill up. But I was doing the gyms there. It was, it was a pretty clicky, at least from what I understood, it was a pretty clicky kind of environment in Nanaimo. And so I was finding it hard to work at a gym because it was, I was kind of a new person in the Nanaimo. Right. And, I was, and it's like, a small I was place for people listening. Hard. Totally. I was hitting social hard. Like mm-hmm. I, I was I absolutely adapted. I, I stumbled across Grant's book, that, that 10X Rule. And so I just like read that book front to back every single week. And I just adapted this like Amazing. ridiculous. My buddy was like, you are actually psychotic. but I was so hungry to make this happen. I had no way out because I I was searching Craigslist for jobs, but I had no, I had high school and I was a dairy can or oil rig, which means really F all like you can't, it's not a skill you can monetize on for the most part. (laughs) So I could be like a grocery store clerk for 10 bucks an hour. And I was not accepting that. So I was working in person, uh, driving to people's homes a lot. And I just realized how flawed the model was. And I knew I had to get into a bigger city because I needed more people and I needed mm. more money. So I knew instantly I was like, okay, Nanaimo's done. I'm moving to Vancouver. There's more money. Right. And that was my first solution. There's three ways to make more money. Um, you can get more clients. You can have them buy more often or you can increase your price. And I was aware of that in some way. So that's the only three ways. You get more clients, you raise your price, or you make them buy more often. And first thing I was like, okay, no one in Nanaimo is going to pay more than 30 bucks an hour because they're cheap as hell. <laughs> Moved to Vancouver because you could charge a hundred bucks an hour right. instantly. Same workload, same amount of hours. I can get build three times more totally. income. Moved to Vancouver, and then I said, "I'm wasting time driving around to clients' homes." So let me find. I found three gyms in Vancouver, and I worked out of these three gyms, and I had mm-hmm. all my clients in three locations. Finally, I realized this is not sustainable, so I moved everything to one location. Um, and then, obviously, um, having them buy more often. So I was like, "Hey, what can I do for online?" And I started a hybrid kind of fitness program so I could work with clients two sessions in the gym a month mm-hmm. and the rest would be online. So we'd have our instantly, I could work with three times more clients and I could really leverage myself and uh, I could still give that hands-on approach. And so that's kind of where I started experimenting with it. Uh, and then finally I saw the potential to just move fully online 
And so I started moving a lot of my clients online and I, I always kept a few in person. I had a safe cause I, any in person I did cash and I hate, mm, <laughs> I'll be, well, okay. So I, I, <laughs> I, 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 so yeah, anyways, yes. Yeah, so they paid Think me carefully. cash. <laughs> yes, that's right. They paid me cash. And, um, and I'd save up that cash cause I, I really dislike the government and what, and their, and their little take on it. Although I paid tax, let's just put that disclaimer in there. So I, I, I was still doing in person, but, um, figured that out. And then I just moved fully online because of the freedom for that. Amazing. Uh, and then obviously through that process, I fell in love with sales and marketing. I actually love sales and marketing and sometimes the showmanship of it, or like, I just love acting and film and I love you know, finding ways to get more attention. And I love the sales process and building out all this stuff. Like I literally love it. Uh, I always love building engines, building cars. I used to build robots and electronics from scratch. Right. So I just love building things. And I was tired of tearing down my business and rebuilding it. So I just thought maybe I can help other people do this. And in that way, I get to have this kind of adrenaline rush and um, excitement to try to figure out other people's problems with this. And that's when I transitioned, which was a hard decision because I had to drop a lot of my clients, but I just transitioned into that. And, and nowadays, um, I mean, we, there's been a lot of work and effort put into it, but it's been, it's been fun building it. It's a very competitive market that I'm in, but it's been fun. Right. Um, we're in competition to deliver more value. So I think our podcast, not, not bragging, but it's like the top, I think it keeps hitting the top 20 charts. And a lot of these guests that I, this is a bit of a chip on my shoulder. A lot of these guests that I used to reach out to would decline not wanting to do anything with us. And now it's just like our podcast is rated higher than them. And I get this ounce of satisfaction. Of yeah. Like, it's amazing. Know, like watching your so podcast too, alongside this whole thing. Um, first of all, just tell us quickly the name. You've got two podcasts. Yep. We've got the Coach's Corner, uh, which is a sales and marketing podcast. And we've awesome. got Infinite, which is a personal development podcast. But I have a feeling that everything's just going to be branded under some kind of Rubik's podcast. And I think everything's going to come together. And Mondays yeah. we'll have our infinite episode and Wednesdays and Fridays we'll have our Brilliant. sales and marketing podcast. Cause running two podcasts is a little <laughs> bit difficult. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to get more people just to run another podcast. So I think it'll all just come under one, but we'll yeah. see. But that's what I love about watching the way you work is one, it, it, you do everything in, in some ways very organically. Like you have this idea and you just go for it and then you're like, Oh, I'll just change it as I go along. So that's one thing I've really learned from you. You don't, you don't oh. hold back until it's perfect. You just start building. And then I remember when you, you yeah. deleted, like my husband's done this too, but you deleted like your Instagram account. You had so many yeah. followers and I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and so you're able to do that. And, but you, let's just take it back a tiny bit. So you went from personal training, then building that personal training business online and then letting go to help coaches. So why, why coaches specifically? Like why, yeah. why did you go down that route? Yeah. So I think like how it started was there was uh, two people reached out. I forget the first person, but Yashko, I believe you know him because you guys have yeah, met. Yeah, totally. I think he also reached out. So he, he was one of the it. first to like reach out and say, hey, dude, like I, I was in Burnaby and I was launching, I don't know how much. I, I think there was, <clears throat> that business was doing like, I don't know, 20 or 25K a month sometimes, which was huge for me back then. I was The like, personal training business. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is insane at the end there. So I was spending like five to 10 grand sometimes on paid traffic. Right. And 10 grand in a city of a million targeted, um, you, the, the frequency, a lot of people will see that ad 
And so it was crazy. Like, I mean, I, it was like, Brilliant. I would, there was many times where I remember me and my girlfriend were flying back from either Vegas or LA or something. And it was just like on the airplane being like, Hey, you're the trainer guy. Hey, you're the trainer guy. And I started really <laughs> realizing how easily without much money, 10 grand is not that much money to buy fame. If you think about it in your city. So if you live in a small town, right. you can have everyone know about you for two grand a month. Like that's not that much. Right. And if everybody knows about you, um, it's, it's much easier to sell stuff because you're just seen as more credible and more, you know, they can trust you. And so, right. uh, there was trainers reaching out to me and I know some were like, I was getting so much hate. Some of them I know because later on, like I, I see them snoop hate? my stuff still. I stoop my stuff still. Like I would get messages being like, ah, oh, like if that's the way you sell personal training, you should be ashamed of yourself. And these guys are trainers in Vancouver. Some of them are known ish, but I'm obviously stepping all over their shit or their clients right. were like, Hey, there's this Rubik's guy. I didn't call myself Rubik's back then. My last name is actually Rubkevich. But when I did a brand change, I had to why you go find Rubik's. a way to separate. Um, and it's easier to spell. And totally. it, we're given names when we're born, but I really think we should be able to choose our name anyways. I, I truly do. Like that you're yeah, literally yeah. Being handed down a generational trap when you're totally. given a name. And I think like, I think actually, honestly, I was like, when you turn 18, you should be able to change your name to whatever you think you want to. I, I actually like it. think that everyone should. But anyways... So I had a lot of trainers being like, if that's the way you sell or that's ridiculous or like, you know, you're doing us a dis whatever. Um, but I had a few reach out who were like, Hey, could you help me? And Yoshka was one of those. And so I was working with him and I realized like, I really, really like this. I'd be working with mm. clients, uh, training them, but I couldn't get, couldn't wait to jump in my car and get on a zoom call with. Right. With so Josh you're helping them with the marketing, with the marketing. Yeah. Um, started with kind of the in-person stuff because that's what I was good at. And then when I figured out the online stuff, when I dive into something, you know, like I'm like obsessive. I was reading a book a week <laughs> at that point, uh, sales and marketing. Now I read a book a month, but I read it three or four times over. So right. I've changed my style, but I was just like obsessed with doing it. So they were getting results and I just realized I really love this. I also saw the potential because the earning was way more because the risk was way higher. It's, 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 easier to get a personal training client than it is in a very competitive space to get a, you know, a coaching client for sales and marketing. It's super competitive. Right. And the cost to acquire a client is a lot higher. So because there's more risk, there's more reward. And I knew that. And I thought, cause I'm naive and stupid. I just thought I could do it better than everyone. And then when I, I thought I could supplement that income so fast, but it took me a year. I thought I'd be at 10 grand within three months and it took basically three or four times longer to get there. I was dipping into a lot of my savings, Right. but uh, I, quit. I knew I could do this. The lead, the leads used to cost me 50 cents, but in the sales and marketing space, they were like five bucks a lead, which I wasn't prepared for. I thought they'd be 50 cents still, but it's, it's more expensive to acquire a client. So I was unprepared, but um, yeah, dipped into a lot of savings. There was a point where I think my line of credit was getting close to maxed out, but I just, I saw the potential in it. Why um, did you see the potential? Like, I, I mean, for a lot of people, they'd see it. that going and they would freak out and maybe quit. Yeah. But why were you like, what else? Like there was nothing work. else I could do. I had an option to go back to training, which I absolutely hated at the end. Right. Um, I hadn't like, there was no other option. And so, and I think I started understanding that like, we actually don't own our money. Like the money has, I don't know, our freaking queen or prime minister, president, who's, who leads our country? I don't know, but they, they, it's not your face on it and you don't own it, the and it, can, on it. Get away from you. And I really started understanding that concept of like Coca-Cola is in debt. 
every single year because it's so mm-hmm. cheap to rent money. Like you can get money at two or 3%. It's, it's very inexpensive. And if you're somewhat even half intelligent or half savvy with it, you can get $100,000 for only $5,000 and you can use it to create something. And I think most people are trying to save money because that's the way we're taught. And if you're trying to mm-hmm. save money, it's going to take you forever to save $100,000. But if you can just borrow it for almost nothing, like it's actually money is almost free, which is really, really cool. You can borrow it. Did you it. learn this? Like, was it just through experience? I don't know. No, or? I think just like reading. That's a big mindset shift. That's huge. It was huge. It was huge. So I, I was always taught, like I always had 10 grand in my bank account. Always have 10,000. And I always did. It was right. like my safety fund is, I don't know where I adapted that. Belief, Gosh, so but, few people have that. And I think, you know, the times we're in, a lot of people are realizing they need yeah, to that. that. I, I upped that because Sharan really taught me that. Of like have a year's worth of income. Yeah. Account you don't know. So now we keep a hundred grand and like, that is not my money. I don't count that as my money, but if issues like this arise, we got a yeah. hundred grand and we're not stressing out about what the hell is going to happen. So totally. I still believe in that. I think you should have something, but the flip side to that is we're so trying to like save the money. Whereas anyone who's brilliant, that, that's how people start with absolutely nothing. Or there's people who are completely bankrupt who are just savvy in the business game and they, borrow $50,000 here, $50,000 there, turn it into 200 and they're off to the races because it's so cheap to borrow money. And if you're on the bottom, like if you're just starting, there's literally no downside to it. The only thing you do is maybe have to file for bankruptcy and then restart, but you, you have nothing to lose. But I think we're just taught that like, don't be in debt, this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet people are still buying cars for 30 grand and having lease payments. Like uh, like, totally. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I get it cause I used to do that, but I'm just, I just don't understand it. If you can't buy cash and still have some leftover, don't get it. You don't need a Mercedes. Right. Just have a, buy a $5,000 Dodge Dakota or Ranger. Yeah, it's funny you say it. that. Cause during like this whole COVID-19, the first thing, cause I've been, I wasn't bankrupt, but I sure hit rock bottom like six, seven, maybe seven or eight years ago. And it taught me so much. And so when this hit, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fine. Our expenses are low because of my car is paid off. Like that was my first thing. No monthly payments, pay for everything in cash when I have it. And um, and then having residual income coming in. And I was like, it was the first time I didn't panic. And I thought, wow, like thank goodness my rock bottom taught me for this because these things happen in life. And and you're right. Like it's one thing to risk and but you can I don't know. You can kind of protect yourself at the same time as. Yeah. You got I mean, everyone's situation is different. Is but I, know, I know six months ago, I, I, I was like, Hey, when we start doing 30 or 40 K a month, I'm going to take a $2,500 a month yeah. car lease and buy my dream car. I was going to get my dream car. Right. And I was so close to pulling it, but I think a, it's not that important to me. I'd rather just rent a car for some right. fancy Jaguar once a month and just experience it. Yeah. But I, I think I've adapted the habit of like a, the people who can, withstand instant gratification the longest get the ultimate payoff and i think we live in a world where we want things instantly yeah but it's those who are like you know what i can wait i can wait i can wait and how about i take this 25 dollars a month and find someone to hire or do this or do that and i can do more with it and i remember when all this happened i was like man i'm really grateful that i didn't do it i mean it's not it's not that much comparative to the Brain. income we do but it's like it's just stupid it's stupid yeah and i like that because you've got both sides of it like you risk it all but then you have this side that's also like super well because the car won't make me money i'd rather risk right. a month on hiring someone or spending <laughs> totally. money on ad spend or 
blowing it. You're literally blowing it on a vehicle right. or on stupid stuff. That being said, I think I have two motorcycles because motorcycles, when I'm in a hard place, 30 minutes on a motorcycle and I'm freed. Like yeah, those motorcycles it. make me so much money. I, I read a really cool story of a guy who always wanted a boat because his dad had a boat and they grew up on a boat and it was just such an emotional connection. And his first business venture, he made like 75 grand and he bought a $75,000 boat with it. And everyone around him is like, you're so stupid, like so dumb. But he believed that it was the right thing to do. And he's like, that boat has made me hundreds of millions of dollars. Because on Sundays, I'd sit on my boat with a notepad and I'd, I'd come up with million dollar ideas. That Amazing. And so I think everyone's different, but don't be stupid. Like there's so much stupid shit people are buying and it, it drives <laughs> me crazy. And, I, and I'm speaking from experience, not pointing fingers because I used to do that. Um, but man, if you, can just, if you can just withhold for two or three years and put that money into something that's going to be better for you and don't yeah. be afraid to take risk, borrow money, it's cheap and turn it into something. So I, I don't think I was too afraid because I knew I don't have anything to lose. They can't take anything from me. I right. don't have anything. So you can just <laughs> put my account to zero. I'm fine with it. I'll get a little hit on my credit, but I don't, right. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll just buy a house cash. Uh, luckily I figured it out. And I think with that pressure and when your back's against the wall, you, you absolutely figure it out. Yeah, um, brilliant. You have to figure it out. It's like if I attacked you with a sword you would do things that you never thought you were able to do to protect yourself you would right. but if i just kind of you know if, if i didn't you wouldn't be pushed there so I, I really think i really believe in um going all in and figuring out responsibly everyone's in a different spot yeah amazing so, well let's talk about like the necessity of the times we're in right now. And it's been really interesting to watch um, with this COVID-19. I've watched, you know, people who closed their businesses early. I've watched people yeah. who held on right to the last minute, like praying that something would change and it didn't. And yeah. so a lot yeah. of people have been forced online if, if they were brave enough to go for it because some yeah. people have crumbled Others have decided to try and figure it out. Um, others are flourishing, surprisingly, yep. maybe even to themselves. So what, what advice do you give people now who are like kind of doing this for the first time out of this necessity? Like, what's your advice now? Like, where do they even start? And what's the advice maybe for the future? Like when we come out of this? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was on a, I had, I, I, I was interviewing Grant Cardone, you know, him. yeah, drop that and, name. It's awesome. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, yo, we got you on the show because I have not been through personally a recession and I'm open enough. I mean, I'm always reaching out for help. So how can, I don't know what this means. Can you help me? I, I, I've, I've dropped my mm -hmm. ego and it's, it's rewarded me a hundred times over. So I'm not going to say that I am the expert or of recessions because I have personally not been through one. So I can't speak, but, but Grant gave some really good advice that I fully agree with and I'm on the same bandwidth, but it's the same idea of like the, the, the fear cycle or the, uh, what's it called? Like when you have like the trauma cycle when something bad happens to you, right. like it dies, it's like, you know, denial, anger, you know, um, depression and then acceptance or whatever that cycle is. Right. right. And I'm huge on, on what Grant was talking about in a roundabout way. It was kind of a stoic philosophy. And I, I love stoicism and that philosophy of like accepting reality for what it is and not being afraid of thinking about the worst case scenario. I'm not saying not process your emotions because right. of course things happen. But I think we stay in that 
for way too long. We go into this weird fear cycle. So like Stoics would talk about, right. um, you look at it face value and you accept it as quick as you can because the sooner you can accept what's happening, the faster you can find solutions to it. And I think so many people still, I see it all over social. It's like, I can't wait for things to go back the way they were and they're not going to. Like, totally. There's been not only a shift economically, but like a massive conscious shift. It, like things won't be the same, which is a very good thing, by the way. I agree. And ride this wave right now. Whether that means online or if you don't want to get online, like you can start figuring out your next product or writing your book if that's something you want to do. Like you're sitting at home, unplug the TV. I would actually recommend like smashing the TV. So just go all in on this. Like you don't need it. You don't. You don't. And, and, and take this time, this very rare opportunity to build something. I'm obviously biased to building an online business because I think that's mm. where the future's at. But it's not for everybody, of course. There's isolation and all this stuff with an online business. So if that's writing your book, freaking, I don't know, like invest, whatever it is that you're trying mm -hmm. to do right now is the time start making soaps and selling them. Like, I don't know what, what, what you want to right. create, but you have something, create an app, create a game, a widget, whatever, launch that blog. You've been wanting to launch, even if you don't know the direction of it, you've got the time to do it now. And I think the sooner we can accept that it will not be the same, uh, the, the sooner we can happen. And one thing that I really agreed with on with Grant, and it's something that I, I do constantly is like you write down, Grant's got a, a $1.8 billion real estate fund with thousands of investors. He's got a hundred million dollars of personal wealth on the line. So me and you have a little bit to lose. Some people have a lot <laughs> right. to lose. And he's got a private jet, you know, three kids or whatever, and, and a wife, two, three kids. And so first thing he did was like, I'm going to accept this and I'm going to write down $1.8 billion, scratch it out. I have $0 tomorrow, $100 million in personal wealth, scratch it out, $0. Right. And now we're living in a basement. What's the first thing I do? And the second you accept that, mm. instead of denying it, you give up that thing. And so I did the same thing with Sarah. I'm just like, okay, everything falls apart. Sarah steals all my clients. Worst thing <laughs> happens. addictive. This happens, that happens. I, I get evicted from this place. <clears throat> and I lose my motorcycles. And I've got to go back to my buddy's couch mm. in an IMO girlfriend cheats on me. Everything happens that could mm -hmm. go wrong. Now I'm there. What do I do? And when you can accept that, then you realize where you're at. You're a million steps ahead of that. So you really have a lot to be grateful for and you can maneuver. And I think within that, that's why I'm so huge on like writing your obituaries and accepting your, your death. And this mm -hmm. is a hard one for people to swallow, but that's the ultimate <coughs> loss for a lot of people anyways. Oh my, they can't, this pandemic, just the idea of that death has come so close to people, mm -hmm. although it's not the stats. I won't get into that, but, <laughs> or a family member dies or right. an extended, extended family or a friend's family member that you haven't talked to in 20 years. You see someone die and it's like, you have no emotional connection with them, but people literally break down and they can't even handle the fact because now they're just like, damn, that's going to happen to me. Right. And we have a hard time accepting that. So I'm huge on that. One of my early mentors or from the books like really taught me that. And so I, I do it every week where I'm like, hey, this week, this is the three ways I could die. It's all over. Worst case scenario, or I lose all my money, Sarah, girlfriend cheats on me, leaves me, whatever. And if I can accept that, A, I have so much to be grateful for, and B, I can play the game with no fear. And I think with that comes so much freedom because you, you literally have no fear of failure at that point because you've accepted that it could happen. Totally. But we're so in denial for the worst case and we cling on to the extra $1,500 in income from this and that. I'm just like, to me, depending on your situation, write out the worst case, realize it's not that bad. You'll live. That's, that's the one thing that we know is like the mm -hmm. chances of anyone listening to this dying are, are 
are insanely small. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do they say? 3% mortality rate right. of like a fraction of the population will have this thing. The worst case was like a million or something. They were saying right. a million people could die from this, which is a, a fraction. I mean, 1.8 or one, I don't know, fact check me. Three yeah, million, and really, that's not even cancer. the fear behind this. The fear is just keeping the medical system going to be able medical to cope. Oh, and it's course. not really about- Of course. That stuff. Part of it, but there's so many people on the front lines, and I'm not taken away from that. Right. But we can we can focus on that, or we can say, okay, like, sure, you can, you can lose your investments. You might lose your house. Like, mm-hmm. you can't. There's some things we can't change. Let's accept it. Totally. Okay, let's rebuild because there's there's two things that are going to happen at the end of this, and how you play the game right now is literally going to put you ahead or or put you behind. And I have no interest in in going you know, losing traction. I'm just going to. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, as you're talking about this, I was thinking back to my moment when I hit my rock bottom and literally like no money, borrowing money from my mom at close to the age of 40 at the time, which was like so embarrassing. And, you know, having gone from top of the world training royalty to like nothing. So, and I remember like, I'm so happy that happened to you. It's really (laughs) Me too. Now that I look back, I mean, you just never know what life is preparing you for. And I remember looking at a homeless person on the street and like really feeling such empathy for them and thinking, oh my gosh, like I will never be on the street because at the very least I have family members who would take me onto their sofa or friends or, you know, I would, it would take my pride. It would take everything and, and admitting, you know, admitting the scenario that I was in, but like, I wouldn't be on the street. And so I thought my worst case scenario is really not the worst case scenario. I know. And I remember it gave me, like you said, it gave me that like sense of like, Oh, like I could breathe. First of all, I felt like I could breathe and everything seemed a lot more clear. And then I could start to put one foot in front of the other and get myself out of that situation. And then I remember the next thought I had was, this is part of my journey and my story. This is not my destination or who I am. And so Love that. And Google. That's the first thing I do is I Google how many people died today. Like I literally Google it. <laughs> like, oh, uh, 2,800 people have died from cancer. I think 1,700 right. people per day, per day, 1,700 right. people per day die of cancer, right? So I'm like, okay, that's 1,700. Like I'm waking up. I think right. to every death, there's two births. Or right now it's like 1.6, 2.6. So every time someone dies, which is, right. I don't know how many tens of thousands per day die you know, double or 2.6 are born. But I look at those super hard stats, the facts, and I kind of like wiggle my fingers and I'm just like, damn, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And the decision I make right now to take action, right. to create something is going to directly impact next week, next month in a year. I know that mm-hmm. like I, I want a $10 million online business. That's, that's our next goal. And so $10 million a year Love online it. business. And the only way to get there is to take action right now. And every second I waste not taking action, by the way, I'm going for a four hour hike after this to me. Cause I need it right now with a notepad is taking action. I'm not, I'm not saying like sit there and, and kill yourself. Been there, done that. It's not productive. But align every action that you take in life, every action, playing with your kids, you know, just make, make conscious decisions on every part of your day. And if you have conscious planned three-hour hike to think and expand and maybe come mm-hmm. up with some solutions, that's work. But I think a lot of people are walking through their day unconsciously and being tripped up by email, right. phone calls, 
their day goes by and they didn't do anything. So I'm, I'm not saying like Gary V just crushed because I think there's very few people who can actually sustain mm. that. And he's shifting on that too right now. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think it's a very. I mean, I've I've been through heavy burnout that leads yeah. to depression, and I'm just like shit. Like the more I learn about that, the more I'm learning. My, I was listening to uh, Marcus guy, the the big health guy uh, with the podcast, big open relationship guy. Mm. Anyway. Oh, oh Aubrey Marcus yeah. or whatever Marky, whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, he was saying he's like you find we know Marie Forleo talks about this, but we know our little intuitions. So if you can just take mm-hmm. a minute, like, am I overworking? Am I underworking? Most people, if you're really real, if I'm talking with clients, I mm-hmm. ask them, I can't, I can't measure your level of action to my level of action. Cause sometimes I'm a bit of an animal and I really identify with being the hardest worker in the room. I used to measure my clients with my level of action and I used to kind mm-hmm. of beat them up if they weren't taking my level of action. But I learned that that was sometimes beating them up too much. So now I just ask them, are you doing, like, are you doing the best you can? Who cares what I think? Who cares what mm-hmm. anyone thinks? It's not about what I think. And most of them, if we go deep enough, 99% of the time saying no. Right. I'm not. I could do a little bit more. I, I know I could do a little bit more. And if we can just, and me too. So if we can just uh, assess ourselves every day and ask that real question, it, we can, I, I love, uh, ET talks about this all the time. Eric Thomas, love the guy, but mm-hmm. he says, he talks about, uh, the lion and the giraffe or the lion and the gazelle a lot. And in the safari, you know, every, every single morning, a gazelle wakes up, a lion wakes up and it doesn't matter which one you are. Right. You've got to run to stay alive. And the lion can't just rest because he's the king of the jungle. He still has to chase the gazelle to eat. And the gazelle doesn't just lay down saying the lion's more powerful than me. Right. I'll just let him eat me. But he also, he always ends it with a lot of people are fronting like they're lions, but they're just gazelles and you can front all you want on social media, talk about all the amazing stuff, post motivational mm-hmm. quotes. But when you get into the jungle, you, your cover's blown. And I think a lot of people live in this social kind of thing of, you know, they're not being real with themselves. And are you doing the best you can? You can pretend life is all together and you can pretend you're taking massive action on social media, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's you against you and, and, um, and you gotta be real with yourself. Yeah, totally. I am. Um, that's one thing I've been impressed in watching your journey is because I do remember you going through that, like crazy 24 yeah. seven, building it, building it, building it. And you wouldn't rest and take the time I out and do that. It's very, I have, it takes me so much discipline today to, uh, yeah. like going for that four hour hike. It is like, Every part of me wants to work, but I know I checked in with myself yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I need four hours and I, I just know I need it. And even if that costs me money, it doesn't matter. I need the four hours because the, 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 the payoff for that will be huge ideas. Like I know I'll have some breakthroughs. Right. In the woods today. I don't bring cell phone. I don't bring anything. I just go and hug trees and shit for four hours. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so uh, we all need our, our thing, but I used to, I mean, all I did was work and I still do. It's just, I needed to change my approach. What gets you there or here doesn't get you there. Yeah. Took me a long time to realize that you've got to be an operator at some point. Yeah. That's what I've loved. Yeah. You're really committed to the personal growth side of things. And Mm -hmm. that's been impressive watching that, especially in the last year with you. It's been, it's been good because when someone as successful as you are, starts to do like take that time and do those things really what you're ultimately doing is giving permission to other people to do the same so all the hustlers out there that were you know their health was at risk for doing it you know maybe relationships whatever because of the stress of it all that now they see you taking time out 
hugging trees and they're like, oh, I could do that too. And so yeah, I think that's powerful. Aware. Like you have to be so aware because so many people, we live in this, my opinion, of course, in this gratitude, um, you know, mindful, taking time, space, meditation. I'm all for it. I'm not mocking it. But I'm just, if you self-assess, which way do you usually go? And if you know you procrastinate, it might be time to just test yourself and for a week, take ridiculous action and don't read a single, if you read a book every day, you don't have to read anymore. Like maybe drop the reading because it's sometimes a fancy cover up for not taking action. Drop the meditations. Yeah. I mean, do 10 minutes, but don't do five hours. Right. Again, this is a, this is a pill that's not one size fits all, but just be aware of like what way you go. So I know I go towards waking up at five. I woke up today at three uh, and spring into massive action. And if I don't check myself, I can burn out. I become miserable. Um, I get short with people. I'm not, I, I'm not who I want to be. Right. Um, and so I need to really watch that. But most people I feel flip to the other side where they, they just do not take enough action to start the motor. Right. Can't get the train moving. What um, would you say talking about like not getting the train moving? What would you say to the person like, you know, the entrepreneur or not entrepreneur that's listening in and they're like, they've spiraled. So they're, they're in that negative space They They just, they don't even know how to get out of it. What would you say to them? Like how, what's their first yeah. step to shifting? There's, there's a few tools that I, I use. Like I talk about the, you know, the, 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 the negative and the downward spiral a lot. So yeah. like, you know, your thoughts leading to choices those choices leading to actions, those actions leading to a result and those results leading to an emotion. And I think the fastest thing to do is if you feel yourself in this negative spiral, we all get there. I don't think you can avoid it, but the faster you can turn the momentum around to go upwards, the faster, well, you'll accomplish more in life because you won't be stuck in analysis paralysis or fear. So the first thing I do is like a lot of people say, well, think positive or you know, what you focus on grows. I see it online all the time. And it just, right. it pisses someone off when they're in that space. If you tell them, well, just don't focus on it. It's just like, totally. you, well, it's like telling them, don't look at, don't look left. You're going to look left or, um, you know, just pretend it doesn't hurt. Like it fucking hurts. Like sometimes life happens right. and it blindsides you and it sucks. So I'm not saying ignore it, um, but don't start thinking positive. At least I have found that that doesn't always work. You don't, you know, you can start doing visualizations, but if your body knows that it's bullshit totally you won't fully feel it you won't comprehend it so to me you can like if you can kind of imagine you've got a circle and you're at the start of this thinking of you got negative thoughts the next thing you can do is make a choice regardless of your thoughts make a choice in a different direction so if that's in working out or in business let's just say mm -hmm. make a choice to shoot the video whether you feel like it or not make the choice take the action and thus kind of bypassing that spiral and taking that action the video might not be perfect but you're going to post it and you might get five people to view it, one person comments. That's going to make you feel a little bit better and you're starting to shift the momentum into forward action. Totally. Like forward momentum. And I think the faster you can learn to do this. So to me, I'm like, okay, if I'm feeling really negative, I, I check in with myself saying, do I need a timeout? And I know I need one right now. So I'm going for four hours and that's legit, legit mm -hmm. reset, map out, um, reconnect with nature because the city kind of FC, I think sometimes. Um, but if I check with myself and I say, no, 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 dude, you slept eight hours, 10 hours, you're rested. You just had the weekend off. It's Monday. Then I know that's not the answer. My body has enough rest. I know that right. that's not it. The honesty. Now yeah. let me, let me do the work on figuring out what's the thought pattern. What am I actually afraid of? 
What am I afraid to lose? I like, like I said, putting everything to zero. What's the worst thing that can happen right now? And I just fantasize about it for 10 minutes. I draw it out. I write it out. You don't have to be gruesome about it, like watching mm-hmm. your head rolling down the street because you got hit by a bus. Like, I'm not saying that, but just understand what's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Realize it hasn't happened, so you're okay. You're still alive. There's a Navy SEAL. Um, I love I love military philosophy because it's really kind of stoic, but it's just like pain tells you um, that uh, that you're not dead yet. And I kind of love that idea is what I'm right. I'm just like, wait, pain is your best friend. It tells you you're not dead yet. <laughs> so I'm like, sweet. I'm happy I'm feeling pain because if I didn't, I might be dead and I don't have another shot at that. And then think about taking, making some choice, taking some action. What can you do right now as small as possible? Maybe even write down three small actions. I'm going to record my intro for my podcast. I've wanted to start for a year, just the intro. I'm Mm going to reach out to 10 guests to see if I can get a guest on. And I'm going to submit my first episode to iTunes. I think it's fair to say that even if you're feeling a lot of emotional pain, you can probably do it if you're disciplined enough to step through it, kind of like in the gym. Right. If you don't go that extra rep or a few reps, depending what philosophy you subscribe to, your husband may have a different philosophy. But you know, I'm just talking generally. Totally. Yeah. If you don't go there, um, you ain't going to get the rewards. So we've got to discipline ourselves to go there and give it a year. And when everyone's in, when you're in a mass amount of pain, you'll be just trained to step into it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. $1.7 billion like Grant and Grant's just like, great, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and keep going. He's, he's built it over 40 years. Whereas 40 years right. ago, I'm sure if his car was getting repossessed, he would have had a mental breakdown. So it comes with time, but you've got to start totally. with small stuff. Yeah. I love that. It, um, it, it's the exact same process I went through. I, I remember when I was so down and you're right people, cause I'm in this positivity world and have been for a while. And, um, but it's easier to be in that world when you haven't hit rock bottom, right? Because you don't actually have to utilize what you're learning. Oh. And so I remember people telling me exactly that. Oh, just think positive. Don't put your focus there. And you're right. Like it would just, yeah. I just wanted to cry. Like it would just make me so mad. And that wasn't helping. But what, what helped was exactly what we said. Like action was the only thing that took away my anxiety, period. Okay. And for me at that time, I remember my action was really, it was exercise because I realized I just stopped working out. And so it's like, okay, if I do a 10 minute workout today, that's going to be like, that's my win for the day. And those small steps are what like they build on each other. They seem small at the beginning, but it builds and builds. And, you know, from exercising, then I could start to focus on my business and start, cause I start to realize, oh, this action is what's making me feel better. It wasn't the, the positive thinking stuff is, is great and it, it totally. helps, but at the right times. Totally. I think we're, a lot of us are lying to ourselves um, and we have been for a long time. And I think this is a really good wake up call that things are not okay. We got a lot of work to do. Totally. And those who choose to hit record and get the episodes out and, and build an audience and create a better product are going to reap the rewards. Uh, and it's going to be a great time in, in six or seven months or a year, or however long. Totally. Uh, a really good time for a few people. Yeah, time for a lot of people, but you literally have the choice right now. Like you, 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 you've got it at your fingertips. Okay. I want to respect your time because we're kind of coming up to the hour and I always have two questions that I ask you at the end, but before I get to those questions, I would want to ask you, um, one other thing is, is there anything that I haven't asked you today? Cause I know you are so huge with value. So, and I know you have a ton of content online. So if people are struggling with the cash side of it, you've got, you've got 
things that they can access that will help them. But you also have like amazing programs that are paid that, you know, if you're, if you have the, you definitely have the time right now, but if you can invest, it's worth the investment. So tell us, tell us about that and any kind of like further advice before we get into our last couple of questions. Sure. Yeah. I really, really believe in this is not, I mean, I mean, Rosa, I'm sure has, has, can, can mentor you in some capacity and, and, and a lot of people can. So I'm not saying that, um, it's got to be me or it's got to be someone in general, but I really, really, really believe in the power of mentorship or the power of coaching. I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't mm-hmm. fully believe in that um, with, with all of my heart, like every ounce of my energy. It's why I started a podcast because I'm like, how do I access these guys who are worth a billion dollars? Because there's no way I can pay them. But I so understood the value of getting around them. It took two years, but now right. it's an email away and I get to connect with some really cool people. And I, 45 minutes... I know moves me ahead by six months. Like I know, cause you adapt Brilliant. something through osmosis and then they might be 50 grand a month to work with them or a hundred thousand dollars an hour, which is out of at least where I'm at that's out of, but any way I can find to get around these people, I will. And then if you're in a place where you can get a seminar or an online workshop, like even $97, if you buy and hang out live with someone for two hours on a paid webinar, do it. Like I, I really, really believe in that. Whatever you can, whether it's five bucks, hundred bucks, five thousand, ten thousand, find the way to make it happen. So um I won't even I won't talk about the paid stuff. If you want to check that out, you can. But if you check out the YouTube channel or the website, just lucasrubix.com, you'll find cool. a, a ton of free stuff. You'll find, I don't know, we have over 300 videos on YouTube and we're starting something, depending when this comes out, it's askrubix.com. Cool. A massive database. Any question you'll ever have about getting online, making money, any question, you'll find the answer. I think information, knowledge should be free. But if you want my time or if you want a coaches or if you want someone's time, that's what you're paying for. But if you're just looking for information, knowledge, and you want it, then we don't charge for it. We're giving the best of the best away for free at askrubix.com. Uh, it's not fully live yet, but it, it probably will be by the time this is out. So, Well, when people ask me about because people see that we're connected on Facebook and and so they'll often ask me before investing in your courses, yeah. what's this guy about? Is he the real deal? Like, is it worth this investment? And I just say to them, like, I have never honestly met anyone that gives as much as you do in terms of, you just care so much about people becoming successful, whether they invest or just use the free stuff or whatever. And so I only say to them, if you do invest, all I can say is that you're going to get far more than you think you're going to get. That's the first thing you always over deliver and you're going to get all of it. Whereas a lot of times I think people will pay for things and they get a part of the picture, but yeah. not the full picture. Cause then they got to get onto the next level or, or yeah. whatever it is, but you truly give everything. And so I really um, appreciate that. And that means a lot, like even just being friends to be friends with someone that you can just confidently say to other people, no, like he's the real deal. Like, Thank you. As a friend and as a coach and, and appreciate so on. That. So appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate so that. it's, cool. it's been, it's been a hamper to our business model because every coach and mentor I hired said, okay, great. Deduce. Is that an actual word? Reduce, reduce the, reduce the information in the you and then create just enough. This is literally how most right. coaching businesses work. Totally. Just enough. hundred percent. They jump into the next hoop. They jump into the next yeah. hoop. And I've been fighting that a long time. And actually we're going the opposite direction of we give everything in the university but if you want just more of our time, if you want to yeah. get deeper into it, that's the only upsell. And it totally. creates less of an upsell because there's less incentive. But 
I feel a lot better about it. And so we just give lifetime access, stay in there for as long as you, you want, use the community. And then when you're ready for more, we've got more, but you don't need to. And some do and, 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 and most don't because they get what they need. So yeah, totally. So amazing. Okay. On to our last two questions that yes. I ask everyone. The first one, I think you probably have a couple for this, but can you remember a moment when someone said something to you that changed everything? So it could even be something you read. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to like, I, it was such an amazing moment for me to connect with Grant today because he literally, the book, I, I'm sure I've read it a hundred times. And I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Um, was the first time that somebody spoke to me, not in a, Hey, I, you're doing okay. You're where you're supposed to be. I actually found someone who had that same hunger to drive and I related to everything he was saying. And so I, I truly, truly feel like, like that 10 X rule and just the whole mentality of thinking bigger and going forward. So that, that book really, um, it's not the end all be all. It's a very basic, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it'll get your mentality thinking to the next level, which will get you searching for answers to your right. biggest it questions. It shifts everything. And so I think that that, that was really big moment for me. Um, and another big moment, it's so funny cause it's all based around the Cardones, but when we had Elena Cardone on the podcast, she had to cancel cause there was a flood in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're worth hundreds of millions. They don't have time for a little peon like me, but she voice notes emails in a frantic, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to make your podcast. It was scheduled for a half hour. Let me know how I can fix this and I'll give you an hour of my time tomorrow. And she was so concerned about just a little dude like me that I was like, okay, what that taught me was value. And even to the smallest of person, you respond to the message. You, you, you just give, give, give. And I remember having like, just telling Sarah, I was like, okay, from now on, we're, we're massive. We're 10xing the value. We're, mm-hmm. 10, we're 100xing the value we're giving um, and making sure that we always stay, all, all, always will stay connected and give value. I don't care if you never pay me. Um, give value because it, it comes back at you 100 fold. So that was a really big moment for me of just like, okay, we're giving value, but I don't know if we're at our full capacity. Mm-hmm. So how do we crank that up? How do we do more lives? How do we? How do we help more people? How do I send voice notes to people if I know I can help them? And even if they're from, you know, I know their financial situation even isn't near working with mm-hmm. me. That doesn't matter. I'm going to send a voice note, help out and, and trust. Yeah. That I remember you sharing that when that happened with me. And I was like, it, that experience like shifted th- something for me too. Cause I just thought like, wow, well, like integrity, yes. like massive integrity like elena elena cardone is like they're they're massive like incredibly successful and it made me think of like the quality um that i give to customers and to people in my business and my team and like am i in integrity at all times or am i kind of slacking off yeah and i just that that was an impressive story and we're all humans and i'm sure grant makes decisions that there's a lot of stuff swirling around them right now but but man, and I mean, you drop the ball here and there, and but it's I, I drop the ball daily. I'll yeah, we all do. But right it's now. about <laughs> you know being in integrity, and if you drop the ball, then you you call yourself on it and you pick it up when you can. And so, okay, yeah. last question because this could go on for a while so easily. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what does living by design mean to you? 
Living by design. I really like that. I truly, you mentioned earlier, I was going to say something, but I didn't um, because I'm learning to just let that land. But you said something along the lines of, um, you know, talking to someone as successful as you were something. And the first thing I think is like, you don't even, I'm so far, mm-hmm. but our, our words paint our worlds and, 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 you know, I'm, as humans are generally pretty quick at dismissing compliments, at least I am mm-hmm. because of many things. So I've just been learning to take them and accept them. So I remember you saying that I was going to say something and I didn't, I accepted it. But now that you're asking me this, I really think success is like doing something that you love and it doesn't even have to be something you love, but literally like waking up in the morning and creating your life or living your life by your decisions. And so success doesn't necessarily mean you've reached that next level or the success, but I really think the successful person, like honestly, a janitor who works nights and in the daytime is inventing this new helium powered engine or something to save the world. And he works five hours a day on it and then has a four hour nap and then goes to work. Like that guy is successful. He's, he's waking up with purpose. And to me, most of the world doesn't have that. And I think that you can achieve what people think is success. Like I remember buying my BMW and thinking like, damn, this is awesome. I don't even, I don't have a car right now, Rosa. Like I sold all my stuff. Cause I don't. Ooh, first time like hearing I, you that. Yeah. I sold the BMW and cause I live downtown and I have a bicycle cause I like the exercise and then I have two motorcycles and then I just Very use cool. car to go or rent a car. Like I don't care right now. Um, and so I think we, we see that cause I fell into that trap you see on Instagram or someone's successful and you're like, ah, like I want to, do what they do but a lot of them people are miserable and i remember with my Mm -hmm. bmw my fitness business was booming i was really miserable Mm. it's not success that wasn't success and when i got rid of all that stuff and i restarted i had such a passion for life again and to me i was again successful so i think on on external um you know uh uh, accolades or whatever and although there's huge power in that. And I, I love it. I mean, I, I think the ego is a very powerful thing. So being able to boost that ego and use the ego for good, I think is great. And so I love that part of it and bank accounts and all that stuff. But if you're waking up and I've experienced this and you've got your biggest day, um, you know, 25 grand or 30 grand in sales, um, I've experienced being miserable because I let my thoughts take control and then mm. I'm, I'm getting all miserable and it, it doesn't feel good. And I've had times where we made no sales, but we created something beautiful that I was so excited to share with the world, whether it made money or not. Like the Infinite Podcast doesn't bring any money right now, but that's not the point of it. But I love doing it. And so Mm. I don't even know what your original question was, but... Living life by design. Yeah. So uh, defining your version of success, I've got something coming out that I'm really excited about. um, And it's really helping people figure out like their definition of success, not what everyone's preaching to them on social like what is your definition of success and if you can wake up and do your best to just take a little bite off that might be a surf shop on the beach in mexico Mm -hmm. and it might be built running a 10 million dollar company like i want to whatever that means to you whatever the reasons are it's awesome but if you're taking a small step towards that um you are a massive success i have so much respect for you um and just Our because podcast. we get we get some big guests that that flaunts. I've had guests on the podcast that were huge that we didn't air because I was like, you're an asshole. And I <laughs> really have no respect for you. Your, right. your, your Ferrari that you're placing behind you does not impress me. And, and you right. can't keep pulling the wool over people's eyes. So that to me is a life by design is, uh, yeah, 
Love it. Powerful. Mm. Lucas, all I can say is thank you so much for your time. This was so much fun and I appreciate it. And it's funny because I've wanted to have you on the podcast, like from the first day that I started my podcast, I had a list of like my wish list and you were the first one on there, but everything for a reason, because I think having you on during this time of COVID-19 that we, no one could have seen coming or predicted. And, and I just think it's just such perfect timing for anyone that is either really struggling right now. And, you know, I think what you've, I know what you've given them is, is the permission to move forward now. And if they're, if you're doing awesome, then an affirmation that, you know, you're doing great. That side of it. The struggle is really fun. Like if you think about it, like I, I'm going on the, on a hike here in like 15, 20 minutes, just going alone, no cell phone, no anything. And I like to, I don't go on trails. I'm like, what is the steepest, hardest part of this mountain? What's the dirtiest? What's the muddiest? And let me see if I can make it up top. And to me, that's so much more fun than taking the easy trail that everyone walks. And I, I mean, that's taken a while to adapt, but if you fall in love with the game, like imagine if you were the best soccer player in the world and you played against two-year-olds and you just kick the ball and it would be (laughs) so boring, so quick. You, you'll be happy for like, you'll, you won't even be, but if you got around people who are at the top of their game and you're learning and you're struggling and you're losing the games, but you're taking it more seriously. You're growing through it. I will choose that every single day, every single time. Um, then, then uh, I don't want to win the lottery. Like I actually don't want to win the lottery because it would, it would ruin who I am most likely. Or it yeah. could. Um, I want to work for it and I want to awesome. take the hardest possible path because the payoff is always the biggest because you grow the fastest. So embrace the struggle. I think it's a really good thing. Uh, Ryan Holiday, any of his books, The Ego is the Way, or uh, sorry, the, the Obstacle is the Way, The Ego is the Enemy, any Robert Greene books, um, if you were to ask me, are brilliant Sweet. because it's all uh, that philosophy of, of the obstacle is the way, the, the hard path is the path. And if we can embrace that, man, um, you'll never, you'll never Thank you. feel bad for yourself again. Awesome. There's Thanks. another, there's a really cool, yeah. there's one last cool thing. Go for thing. it. I love it. Value right to the last second. Go for it. There's this, there, again, I don't know what movie or what, what book this was from. Again, this kind of Navy SEAL thing, but it was like this, this commander guy was like yelling at his little people, but just like, yeah. uh, it's a phrase that sticks with me, but it was something along the lines of a bird will drop frozen dead from a bow without ever, ever having felt sorry for itself. And I remember hearing that and I was like, okay, I was feeling really sorry for myself because things weren't working well. Yeah. And I just thought of like, this not emotionless that's not what what the stoics preach but it's this full of emotion like it's okay to have emotions but like you stand up in the face of danger you don't feel sorry for yourself and you pick the hard path consciously because if you don't then the hard path will pick you and with that you have no control you're not in control but if you can pick the hard path and you know even if you're freezing or icicles are dropping off mm-hmm. you know, just don't spend one second feeling sorry for yourself but but stand up and and face it and that you can you can get to the top and uh yeah i'll leave it with that love it thanks so much lucas for your time enjoy your hike today thanks, i can't Rosa. wait to we'll, catch up again we'll talk soon and when this okay. is all over we'll finally go for coffee how's that yes Jen? awesome right. sounds great okay cool. have a good one thank you so much for listening in today i know time is precious and i'm grateful you shared yours with me it would mean the world to me if you felt an impact a moment of inspiration or learn something new if you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. 
Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.